This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, (laughs) David from New Jersey writes, I'm watching the Sunday game. And in like most RBI situations with Lindor, he strikes out. Excuse me. He comes up with the bases loaded and he strikes out. He comes up with no one on and hits a home run. And then in the sixth inning, runners on surprise, he strikes out. Another example I remember vividly from earlier this year, I believe it was the walk-off home run by Pete. He came up right before and struck out. I don't expect any player to get a hit every time up, but I feel like I'm seeing him strike out in big spots more than coming through. What do you think, David? Um, well, obviously, in this spot, you're right. I mean, Pete Alonso bailed him out. Like, I can't, uh, you know, ignore that. I think that Alon- uh, Lindor has still had clutch moments this season. Uh, if you look at his numbers with runners in scoring position, they are pretty damn good. They're better than his numbers with nobody on base. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's easy for our mind to find certain moments that jump out at you and say he wasn't clutch here. And certainly in the finale of this series, you're right about that. No, you could absolutely find that. The big one was the third inning. He comes up in a big RBI spot, and he strikes out rather meekly, and then Alonzo gets that bloop two-run single. It was a big moment in this game. I still think Lindor has been more clutch than he hasn't been. I mean, look, he hasn't gotten a lot of hits this season, but he's driven in 52 runs, and he's hit 15 home runs. So I know that's a... It's very, there's no stat that will back up how you feel about a guy's clutchness. I mean, certainly you could look two outs, runners in scoring position. You could look late and close. You could kind of find the stat you want to look at. But watching him every day, I think he's been, I guess I would define it now as mildly clutch would be the way I would define it. I don't think he's been Mr. Clutch by any stretch, but I also don't think he's been a dog in every big opportunity. So I, I looked up the stats last night because I did a show in the morning. So I, I wanted to to give this piece to Francisco Lindor because everyone kills him because everyone's continuing to kill him. His at bats with nobody on. This was uh, before the game today. With nobody on, his 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 batting average is like one eighty. His OPS is like six sixty or something like that. It's not very good. Seven home runs, seven RBIs, whatever. <laughs> Runners in scoring position. His batting average jumps to 288. His OPS goes up to close to 900. He's only got three home runs, but 34 RBIs. So in 66 at bats, which means that, you know, I, it's not consistent, but he's getting bigger hits and bigger moments. And that's it's when no one's on base, he seems to be slacking. That's his biggest flaw of the season. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. You can look at all his splits. 
And depending on if you want to be pro Lindor or anti Lindor, you could expose which ones. Like, so for example, if I wanted to be pro Lindor, I, I quote some of the stats you mentioned as runners in scoring position stats. I'd also bring out two outs with runners in scoring position, 875 OPS. If I wanted to be a dick, I'd say his late and close stats are terrible. 128, 440 OPS. Um, that jumps out at you as bad. When they are, uh, let's say, with their, when they're within a run, he's hitting 205 with a 706 OPS. In a tie game, 172 with a 603 OPS. So there are some bad numbers when you look closer, but his numbers in high leverage situations, 286 batting average, 1,074 OPS. So it's, it's almost like however you want to frame the argument, you could kind of put the numbers out there to make your side look better. That's why I feel even better about saying he's been mildly clutch. Like I feel there have been some clutch moments. There have been some unclutch moments. I think if you're making a list of things wrong with this team, I don't think he's in the top five. Doesn't mean he's having the greatest season in the world. It just means if you're making that list of why this team is seven games under 500, I don't think Francisco Lindor's season would be in the top five. It'd be up there at some point. But right now, I think Jeff McNeil's a bigger problem. Am I wrong? I mean, let's look overall. Jeff McNeil's a much bigger problem offensively than Francisco Lindor. And if the answer to that is, well, but Lindor makes a lot of money, that's irrelevant. Like once we get to this part of the season and we're looking at why a team is winning and why a team is losing, I'm not breaking down how much money they make. I'm breaking down what I need from them. Like Jeff McNeil won a batting title last year. Jeff McNeil was Mr. Clutch last year. You talk about who you want up in a big spot. That answer was Jeff McNeil. And with Scherzer and Verlander, it's not the money money. It's that they're supposed to be their two best pitchers. That's the issue. More than, well, it's $42.5 million. Another thing that I can't stand anymore, too, is the fact that people are blaming the season going downhill because Edwin Diaz isn't around. And I got to stop with that. And I need people to stop with that because, let's be serious, the Mets are losing games in the fourth, fifth, sixth inning. They're not going to get to Edwin Diaz. So that, right, has, but, that narrative's got to be gone. Okay, so there's a lot of games they would have lost and wouldn't have been impacted if Edwin Diaz was here. But game three of this three-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies, do they win the game if Edwin Diaz is here? Do they win that game if they have more bullpen depth? Do they win that game if, hey, I can use David Robertson in the eighth inning? So there are games that would have absolutely been impacted if they had a deeper bullpen. Because having Edwin Diaz would have meant a deeper bullpen. So, yeah, there's plenty of games we can point to and say that wouldn't have saved Scherzer or that wouldn't have changed Verlander or Carrasco getting knocked out in the third or fourth inning or Tyler McGill sucking. Absolutely. But there's a lot of things that would have turned seven games under 500 into something better. How about the fact that when they score six runs in a game, they're a 500 team. That, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. They are, I think it's 13 and 12 when they score six runs in a game. 13 and 12 when you score six runs in a game? Like that, that is, oh my God. Dustin Healy writes, Brandon Marsh. See, we're doing this live email, so you'll see where we are in the game now. Dustin writes, Brandon Marsh just pulled what would have been a grand slam home run foul. Still, this season is hopeless if they don't win this game. If they lose, it's time to trade every single veteran we can, bring back up Vientos, bring up Mauricio and Matthew Allen. Well, Matthew Allen ain't coming up. Can't believe this team has been such a disgrace this year. Brandon Marsh almost at a grand slam. 
He then drew a walk. That made it a one-run game. Two batters later, hit by pitch, hit by pitch. (laughs) Steven Berger writes, can you explain to me how with the bases loaded and nobody out in the eighth inning, Buck just went to Jeff Brigham instead of David Robertson? (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Isn't this a situation where you want your best reliever on the mound? I have loved that Buck has been willing to use his closer in the highest leverage situations in the past, but I have no idea why he didn't do it today. Where's the desperation? When is the last time the Mets won a series? I feel like the fans want the Mets to win more than Buck does. I've been a Buck defender until very recently, but if the Mets blow this game, this is the final nail in the coffin for me. It's time for Buck to go. Buck lost a lot of people on Sunday afternoon. He lost me. Now, what does that mean? It means fine, get rid of him. That's where I'm at. Fine, get rid of him. Fine. He's had a horrible season managing this team, but I'm also not under the illusion that if the Mets listen to fine, get rid of him, everything's going to change. Casey Manning writes, Buck is sabotaging this team. This old, senile, useless waste of space. Absolutely. I shouldn't have read that. That's mean. He refuses to try <laughs> to try to win. He gets lucky by using a rookie for two scoreless, then gets freaking cute again and goes with another rookie. He should be ashamed. Sometimes you have to push your guys. Brigham was dreadful, but at least give him a clean inning and go from there. Or better yet, use a high leverage guy for God's sake. Any of them. He doesn't care about winning. He just wants to be smarter than everybody else. And guess what? You're wrong every goddamn time. We deserve better than this. I've been calling it for weeks. Can him now. Hmm. Clayton writes, I just vomited. I want everybody gone. The manager pulls our starter after four innings, knowing he doesn't have his guys in the pen. Indefensible. The GM builds this bleep bullpen with an unlimited payroll. Indefensible. Joey Cora coaches the infield. Really? Good. Get rid of his ass, too. Jeremy Hefner, how bad has this staff been? Get rid of all of them. Boy, we're on fire now. Peter writes, I know it's a broken record, but bad teams find ways to lose. Today, Sunday, watching the bullpen blow it, I'm putting this on Buck. They have an off day tomorrow. They don't. They actually play tomorrow. Sorry about that, Peter. Why are Adovino and Robinson not in? Buck is managing like he wants to be fired. I feel like he makes moves at times just to tell us to go F ourselves. He knows best. Oh, that makes me laugh. He can't do it with Escobar over Beatty anymore, but let's see how many times he goes with Canna or Giorme over Beatty. Bring David Stearns, please. If I could set my iPhone with tickets on fire, I would. I'm just feeling completely checked out. Justin writes, fire Buck Showalter. I've had it with this manager. Today's bullpen management against the Phillies is as putrid as I've ever seen. Robertson got five outs on Saturday and only 13 pitches. Brooks Raley, where is he? The Mets shouldn't be trying to protect a three-run lead with Josh Walker and Jeff Brigham. Uh, Six outs away, another loss when scoring six runs is unacceptable. People are very pissed off. I feel you. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ugh, should I keep reading this? This is so depressing. It's like I'm, it's I, like I'm reliving the, uh, the eighth inning all over again. Ugh. So so I put a Twitter poll out while we just started this podcast just to get like a quick feel um, it was a stupid one, but a poll for the Rico Bronya podcast. Who needs to be gone first? And it was Buck Walter, Billy Epler, Scherzer, and Ver- Verlander or other. And 45% said Epler, which, again, that's not going to happen during the season. Showalter, 42%. And then a lot of others were Hefner, Chavez, Hinsky, a lot, a lot of Hefners because I think that they're just furious with how the pitching has gone. Yeah, I we are at the point now where you've got to do something. And I know a lot of voices were saying that a few weeks ago. A lot of my friends were saying they got to fire somebody. You got to do something because the whole wait and see it's a long season thing. It's, it's late June. Like we're a week and a half away from the 4th of July. And, you know, I could sit here and look at the 1973 Mets game logs to try to talk myself into a miracle comeback. But they have buried themselves. And this is the kind of loss, the loss on Sunday, even the loss on Friday to a degree, without bad they were defensively. Those are the kinds of losses where some kind of change has to happen. And firing Jeremy Hefner, again, is probably not going to fix everything. Firing Buck Showalter is not going to fix everything. I don't think there's any move they can make that's going to fix anything. But you've got to try something. The ship is sinking. And right now, the attitude basically is, well, it's a long season. We'll be fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll be okay. They got four games coming up against the Brewers. They got three games against the Giants. These are two teams that they're going to have to jump. Basically, they got to jump everybody in the National League when you take a look at the standings. I, I could tell you they got to win three out of four and two out of three, but this team hasn't won a series in what feels like forever. I mean, I'm going back on this. The last time they won a series was the sweep of the Philadelphia Phillies. That was the last time. And that's, you know, a million years ago. That was the end of May. So they have gone this entire month of June, swept by the Blue Jays, swept by the Braves, lost two out of three to the Pirates, split against the Yankees, lost two out of three to the Cardinals, two out of three to the Astros, two out of three to the Phillies. If they don't win three or four against the Brewers, They will go an entire month without winning a series. An entire month. And these rubber games, they have now lost five consecutive rubber games of a three-game series. It is just putrid. It's just pathetic. And oh, by the way, David Peterson's going to start on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And here's another thing, too, because you talk about how little little too little too late. I mean, how about Buck Showalter getting finally getting kicked out of a game in the top of the ninth when it didn't make a difference. Like the game had already been lost. There's other games where it would have been more important for him to step up and just blow up and get kicked out. Instead, he did it right then and there. The team is done. The team is flat. The team is dead for today. Way to use yeah, your Yeah, he got ejected on that Canna strikeout. And by the way, I mean, Canna didn't swing. So I appreciate that Buck was angry and Canna was angry. It was annoying that ba- Bacchus, whatever his name is, the home plate umpire, didn't just check at first base. But 
Yeah, I think that ejection in the ninth inning after the epic meltdown, it was a little too little too late. You are right about that. I do appreciate everybody else who has emailed us because there's like tons we didn't get to. Well, I got to get to this one. Emmanuel writes, I took my five-year-old son to the game today, Sunday. We had Mets gear on and a Philly fan started taunting me when Marte dropped the ball in the third, to which I responded, yep, they suck. Luckily, a bunch of Philly fans in the section stuck up for me and my son, and we were all pretty friendly after that. That same Philly fan was getting down, but I told him when the top of the fifth started, have no fear. Our bullpen will not hold up for five innings. I said, mark my words, the Phillies are winning this game. I believed it so much that I could have bet on it, but couldn't because I was in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah, I guess they still don't have uh, sports betting on the app. Anyway, this bullpen is trash. I was a buck defender for the longest time, but I can't anymore. We need to clean house. Thanks, Emmanuel from Brooklyn. I think Buck has lost any of his last defenders with this game. This Sunday game is a fireable game. And now it's about what do they do? Will Steve Cohen do anything? Will Billy Epler do anything? Will Billy Epler try to meet the media before this homestand to say, don't worry? Because we're all worried. We're all giving up. We're all thinking this season is already in the shits. (coughs) Sorry. Just doing my Met bullpen imitation. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, God. What a brutal. Oh, let me rip Apple TV real quick. So Friday night, I take my parents out for an anniversary dinner. Me and my sister, my wife, her husband. Beautiful dinner. We come back, obviously, well after the game started. And I go to Apple TV Plus to start the game. So before the game, uh, before our dinner was over, I wanted to make sure that Apple TV Plus had a start the game from the beginning feature. So at about 7.05, I put the game on my phone just to see, is there a start from beginning feature? There was. Great. I stop it. I ignore it. I'm like, great. When we get home, me and my dad can watch the game. My phone. Then when I click on it, has you know how like when you're listening to something, whether it's on Spotify or Sirius or the Odyssey app, like you'll click your phone on and it'll show you like the play button. It'll show you maybe the last song you were listening to. It started to do that with Apple TV Plus. Like I click on my phone and it shows me the score of the Met game. I'm like, well, what? I don't even have this on. So I freak out. Luckily, it was five minutes after. So it's 7.10. Reset my phone. I'm like, okay, that'll fix it. And every time I would touch my phone, it would tell me the freaking score. And I'm like, how the hell did this happen? So finally, after I got spoiled that it was 2 nothing because I did see that it was 2 nothing Philadelphia Phillies. Remember, they scored two runs in the first inning. So it happened right away. I just threw my phone away. I shut it off. I handed it to my wife and I said, keep this away from me. Apple TV Plus, what are we doing here? Like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, I appreciate that you have a start from the beginning feature, which, by the way, worked swimmingly. And I was able to watch the game from the beginning. But why did you hijack my phone and try to force feed the score down my throat? I don't get it. With that said, the broadcast was fine. It was nice to hear Wayne Randazzo and uh, whatever. They suck. This team blows. Sorry. How do you really feel, though? 
Ah, how do I feel? I feel stupid enough to go to Monday night's game at City Field, which I shouldn't, but I will because I'm a loyal, loyal schmuck. That's what I am. I should have a shirt that says, I'm a loyal schmuck. I think all of us Met fans who are still going to go to City Field and still follow this team on the road and still try to convince ourselves things are going to turn around, we should create a T-shirt. It's called, We Are Loyal Schmucks. <laughs> Why Why did things, and we talked about this last podcast, so it's a redundant conversation, but I'm going to keep on asking it because it still amazes me how this team is this bad. Like, everything that was supposed to go right last year did. Everything's go, everything is just going wrong in every single game possible. It's a disgrace. And it's it's not just the players. People blaming the players, which is terrible. It's it's, it's it's everybody. It's it's bull. It's management too. It's everything. It's everything. It's top to bottom. Every player, uh, the manager, the general manager, the coaching staff. There are very few guys that you can look at. You know, you could argue Pete Alonso, I guess, David Robertson, who are almost exonerated from the horror of this season. Everybody's got a little bit of blame, but I think when you look at this roster now, it's easier to understand how bad they are. Like when you look at this bullpen and how badly it is and how badly constructed it is, it's easier to understand. When you look at the rotation, which features, I mean, three guys, let's be honest. You've got Verlander and Scherzer, who you still run out there every five days and still can give you flashes of being pretty brilliant. Scherzer has been very good his last two starts and Senga has mostly been good. So you got three starters. And after that, Carlos Carrasco is like not even a five-inning pitcher. He's a four-inning pitcher. And then your fifth spot right now is Tyler Miguel, and now it's going to be David Peterson. Now, Jose Quintana's on the way back, and I think that's the Met assumption. Okay, Peterson will make a start. Uh, we'll kind of get away with it. Maybe he'll make another start. Maybe then it's Luke Casey. And then before you know it, Jose Quintana's back. But right now, you're talking about a rotation with three starters. You're talking about a bullpen with no depth. And an offense that even though the overall numbers are average, they will have games like Friday night where they do absolutely nothing. When you add it all together, you've got a baseball team that went from 101 wins to well on their way to what, 90 losses? I mean, that's the pace they're at right now. But they do have four games coming up against the Brewers. Um, They got Verlander on Monday. Buck finally got the breakup Scherzer and Verlander. Congratulations on that. Peterson on Tuesday will get Kodai Senga on regular rest Wednesday. Hopefully he fares better than the first time he pitched on regular rest. And then Max Scherzer, they got to, they, they got, they got to put together a winning streak. That's it. That's where we're at. The only hope to save this season is a stunning winning streak out of absolute nowhere. And if they could start that at city field next week, maybe all those emails we got about how the season's over and everybody's got to be fired. Maybe they start to change, but we do appreciate all those emails. Even if we didn't read them, we read them. And I'll try to start responding to them. I apologize. But thank you very much for listening. We'll give you a, a bonus Rico in the middle of the week. It's a four-game series, so I don't like to kind of wait till that series is over. So maybe it'll be a drive-home podcast. Maybe it'll be right in the middle. Uh, maybe it'll just be a, a recap of Buck Showalter being fired. Maybe there'll be a reason why we give you that extra pod, but there will be uh, coming up this week before the series ends on Thursday night. We appreciate you listening and downloading Rico Brody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.